Welcome to Power Retrieval Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you uncover your inner strength and reclaim your personal power. I'm your host, Mary Armendaris, and in each episode, we'll be diving deep into stories, strategies, insights of incredible individuals who have harnessed their own power to heal and overcome challenges. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and equipped with the tools you need to embark on your journey of transformation. Hi, everybody. Welcome today. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a very good friend of mine. She helps me with my mind because sometimes I get a little cuckoo too. Um, We all need a person like this in our lives. She is a clinical so no clinical social um, worker slash therapist. And I'm telling you, this lady has all the tricks we need for our mind, our disorders, because none of us are perfect at all. She's incredible. She's incredible. Barbara, I'm going to say your name probably wrong. Doik. 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 What is it? Doik. Doik. Like okie dokie? Okie dokie, there we go. (laughs) See, I wasn't prepared. I should have asked her pre, but it doesn't matter because she's my good friend and she forgives me. So it's not a big deal. So welcome, Barbara, to Power Retrieval. Well, thank you, Mary. I appreciate you having me as a guest. Well, I'll tell you what, you've helped me a lot and I know you help a lot of people. And um, it's interesting because... Barbara really teaches you when you work with Barbara, she actually teaches you how the mind works. So this is going to be a fascinating conversation. She is absolutely brilliant. And if she can work with my noodle, she can work with anybody's noodle. (laughs) Right, Barbara? You're fine just the way you are. No, you don't need to be fixed. So I consider myself more as a teacher than a therapist because I believe people just need some information so they can do better. When we know better, we do better. And that is the absolute truth. And sometimes we just need to be reminded that. Yes, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So you have some like really like what you're really good at and it's with anxiety And I know there's a lot of people walking around on this planet and anxiety. What is the best way for us to control our anxiety right now with all the fear that's going on on um, good old planet Earth? One of the best things to do is to be mindful of your breath, right? And people will say, take a breath, but they never tell you why, right? The reason why is because when we're in a heightened state, say anxiety or fear or confusion, right? We're, we tend to be in hypo, hyper arousal. What does that mean? Well, how that impacts us is we tend to take shallow breaths. We, our thoughts sometimes will get scattered and anxiety feeds fear, 
And fear tells you if you're not anxious, you're going to be fearful. So it's all these irrational thoughts happen. So sometimes our mind gets scattered with thoughts. And there's just so many, we don't even know where to focus. So by taking a deeper breath, you're actually activating your sympathetic nervous system. See, we need both. We need sympathetic and parasympathetic. Think of them as like wings on a plane, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if one's up too high, then that's going to cause a problem. If, if you get them both balanced out, you're going to notice when you take a deeper breath, and I mean, fill your belly full of air, right? Or Thanksgiving's coming up, right? So <laughs> people eat, and they'll put sweatpants on and all that, and they'll eat a lot of food. And then what happens? They take a nap because they've activated their parasympathetic nervous system. So that parasympathetic nervous system, the wings on the plane, right? It's, it's really low. So to bring it back into balance is to be aware of your breath. Your thoughts and emotions don't, don't have to control you. The way to work with emotions is to make room for them. They're there to teach us. Even like our uncomfortable emotions, they, they're just as important as the happy emotions, right? Because they're all teachers. And who do you think is responsible for your happiness? It's you. Yep. Nobody else. And that might sound strange for some people because we're inundated with looking for approval outside, right? Looking approval from our parents, our teachers, our comparing ourselves to other people. Am I doing okay? Well, compared to Roger, I'm not doing great. But what you miss is who you are. Yep. We've been told to deny who we are. And it's, it's just what happens. So I believe when we're born, that's a miracle. You have pure divinity. That's why when you see a baby, everybody smiles because they're just beam of love correct? Yes. So as we continue to grow as a person, we get messages and the messages we get, especially as kids, we get that imprinted on us. Um, let me give you an example. Do you ever struggle with, I'm not good enough. So-and-so's better than me, right? Not so, pretty enough, not good, not, not smart enough. I'm not athletic enough. Mom and dad don't approve because I'm not good. Whatever. Yeah. It's horrible. Right. That happens to us. Yeah. And, and that's usually based on something that happened with our childhood, something that stands out because as a kid, we're all about attachment, right? We want to belong. So we'll twist ourselves into a pretzel to have that belonging. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I smile this way, I get attention. If I cry, I don't get attention. So we we learn. And shame can be learned at a very, like as an infant can learn shame. If the baby is crying and nobody's paying attention to it, then after a while, the kid stops responding and just kind of goes limp. That That is 
shame right there. Oh my gosh. I have never heard of that before. And it makes a hundred percent because it's crying out for somebody to give it affection and attention and and everybody's ignoring it. That's how shame gets started at an infant. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, Barbara, that's blowing my mind right now. So you can see like, even as adults, when somebody feels the shame, right? The same posture, right? So we, we curl up, we try to be invisible. Yep. Right. So the key part of this is that's when you get stuck in those irrational beliefs. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I don't deserve. And then you realize that's an irrational thought. What's the evidence to support I'm not good enough? Right. How do we disrupt that? We disrupt that with our curiosity, right? So we look at that with curiosity. Where did that come from? Why do I believe that? And I'm not saying we need to go to a place of blame. I'm saying you go to a place of curiosity because that imprint probably was not only your parents, but it was their parents' parents, right? So that's kind of the legacy of trauma, right? So trauma is that feeling of disconnection. Yes. And that that starts way back when that shame. Yep. Go on. So why, why am I so fascinated with this? Because we can stop those trauma messages to ourselves. That is not true. We need to look at what's true. You're still that beautiful divine spirit that never went away. No matter how much guilt, shame, ridicule, humiliation, you're still that divine spirit. That's what happens. That's the truth. That's the truth. So how do we get back, right? How do we get back to our authentic self? And those are two simple questions. You got to start with how do I feel and what do I need? The golden questions, Barbara, the golden questions. Right on, sister. Tell us what we do next. So why is it important to understand our emotions? Because only you know what you need. Only you know what your emotion. Your emotions are are like signposts along the way, right? If you do something you don't want to do, and you keep doing something you don't want to do, you'll get a physical reaction. Your body will tell you to stop. Stop and pay attention. You'll get sick, right? It's because it needs to slow down. So we're often taught to get our needs and everything we need, our happiness met from external sources outside your job money right it's Mm -hmm. like we're not taught about our feelings and nobody teaches us that so now it's time to learn that because your feelings are the teachers that can lead you to a better sense of who you are and why do I say what do what do I need 
well, you're the only person who knows what you need. Like, Mary, if I saw you were sad and I gave you a horse, I'm like, well, it makes me happy to have a horse. And I give you a horse. And you're like, why should she give you a horse? Now I have to figure out how to feed it. Where am I going to keep it? Right? Well, that's what makes me happy. <laughs> and makes me get more drama in my life and more <laughs> debt. <laughs> Thanks, Barbara. <laughs> so I know that's an exaggeration. Yes, yes. Right? Of course. But we, we assume that people who know us and love us can read our minds. Like you, you've known me for 15 years. You should know what I like by now. What? Do you know anybody who can mind read? No. So recognize your emotions, label them, be very refined about them. Is it anger? Is it resentment? Is it um, frustration? annoyance if it is then ask yourself what am i annoyed about that's a and good then question right so yeah. identify what you're annoyed about because we want you we want you to live here and now right if you go to blame you're living in the past if you go to anxiety you're trying to think about the future and control the future Con mm -hmm. control ends at the end of your fingertips Mm -hmm. And you have the power within yourself to change that. So what do we do? So we started out with the breath right. and the breath is like calming down the nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. Use those big fancy words of the airplane analogy. What are those mm -hmm. words? <laughs> the sympathetic and, and parasympathetic nervous system. And where do we find, where is that? Is where It's in your body. So it's in the body. It runs through the, 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 it, the nervous system? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the and, breath. And so, go ahead. Go ahead. So the breath calms it down, right? It calms it down. It will lower your blood pressure. It puts you in the here and now. You got to get grounded. And I'm sure you know about being grounded and how important that is. Right. Right. Because you're the only power you have is in the moment. Ah, that's the magic words right there. That's the power that we have is being in the moment. And just like you said, the anxiety, you're in the future. We're trying to figure out the future. And then the blame is in the past. So being mm -hmm. in the moment is with being conscious of our breath awareness, I guess we want to call it. Yes. In, mindful awareness. Yeah. yeah. In the breath. But people have a hard time. I noticed like in the middle of the night, if I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do this and that. And I noticed my breath is like shallow. And then I'm like, okay, so what is your technique? Is it a breathing? Is it like counting in and then counting out? How do we start being more conscious? Because we can say, sure, take a deep breath into the belly, but okay. Right. Okay. So let's do an exercise. Okay. So breathe in for four. Hold for four. Exhale for six. So I'm going to count. You're going to breathe in for four. Breathe in through your nose. Two, three, four. Hold for four. Two, three, four. Now a big exhale out. And 
And again, breathe in for four, breathe in through your nose and gently hold it for four. And then a big exhale out, open your mouth, breathe out. Wow, that really calms you down. Like seriously calms you down. That's a great exercise. In the counting too. So like if I breathe in, I, I can count one, two, three, mm -hmm. hold it. And then because when you hold it, the air is going, right? It's displaying right. the body. Right. Yeah. And then the exhale slowly. So I was always taught to exhale through the mouth. I mean, exhale through the nose. But exhaling through the mouth is a relief too. It's like blowing out your birthday candle. Oh. Right. Huh. Right. Yeah. And and that that's also important because people say, I have to stay within my comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. And so what would we do? We tend to typically, just most people, will avoid any situation that makes us upset. Right? Or or fear comes in. And I often see fear as a distortion of the truth. Oh, boy. And we make that up in our sweet little minds, our ego minds, huh? Yeah, let's Absolutely. talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Because, so, okay, let's start with the imprint. I'm not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. And so we create the fear. If I'm not good enough, what then? Right. Right. You're right. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Right? Yeah. So you're... what's gonna happen? What's what's the worst case scenario? What's gonna happen if you're not good enough for what? You're just gonna stay where you are, right? You're gonna keep moving the goalposts, right? Because you're not gonna you're gonna get someplace and you're like, oh, you you won't even take time to to kind of celebrate that goalpost and right. you'll set up another one. Right. So you see how that's irrational? It is. 100%. So what do we do? So that you need to, we need to disrupt that imprint and focus on gratitude and focus on accepting. So the three sisters, self-worth, self-esteem, self-love. I love that. The three sisters, that's huge. Because if we just keep moving forward and we don't stop and appreciate what we already got in our lives, right? That's right. And you yeah. got to go back to your divine little kid. Yeah. That little kid's still in you. Yeah. And, 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 but you're not satisfied. So that's why you're pushing forward again. Mm -hmm. It's like something is out of balance within you mm -hmm. because you're not stopping and even appreciating what you have in front of you or what you've accomplished or whatever you're trying to seek. That seems to me like a person that is not in their true authentic self whatsoever. And that seems to me, it's kind of a person that is in their ego mind constantly. And they're too scared to actually stop and, and, and tune into who they really are. Right. And we're not blaming anybody because that's kind of what, you know, it's a myth of normal, like the way we're raised, we think that's normal. Right. Right. So, so that's kind of a myth because we're raised in a very 
in the water, right, is a lot of um, judgment. It's a lot. It's it's how we're raised. It's it's like not good enough. You have to be productive. You have to be this. You have to do that. We don't take the opportunity just to be. Who am I? So we need to ask yourself, who am I? What's my personal medicine? And and that's something I learned in a training. I'm not going to claim that as my own. <laughs> but personal medicine is what is it that you need to do every day that makes you feel good? Right. And you need to sit and, and think about that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because people don't even give themselves that opportunity, Barbara. Mm-hmm. at all right we're so driven to keep up with the joneses and we need this we need that and our parents have said mm-hmm. you have to be successful you have to have this this and this and this and people are missing out of why they're here right and because we're disconnected from ourselves, we feel disconnected from other people if you want to get connected you have to be connected to yourself mind body spirit it's an integration right so we need to go back to self and see that little kid right this is fascinating so there sometimes there's a little kid in us who still thinks we're three or four or five they don't know we're an adult right yeah so we need to sit down with that that little mary Ask Mary, how do you feel? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And please know, I'm, I don't know how old you are, Mary. <laughs> I'm 52. Okay. Well, I'm 63. Really? So, <laughs> right? So, so sit down with that little Mary and say, look, I'm an adult now and I'm going to take care of you. Yes. Right. So that's kind of repairing that relationship. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because we have to have a relationship with ourselves and controlling our emotions will help us have relationships with other people. Because what happens when we're walking around wounded and feel and full of resentment and full of self-doubt, we project that onto other people. We throw our wounds at other people. We certainly do. And then we collect more of those wounds of the people around us because we haven't cleared those wounds back. And you are absolutely brilliant with the little, the little child that lives within us because there's multiple little children that live within us that need our attention and affection. The best thing that I ever learned, and I think you learned this too. And I actually, I know you have, um, (laughs) is going in and becoming your child's parent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and because like you said, it started back as that little baby that didn't get picked up as a child. There's a wounded mm-hmm. little infant still back there mm-hmm. that needs yeah. you to scoop that baby up and say, yeah. You're safe. You're safe. Yes. Yes. And, okay. and that's sorry. sorry okay. So what else you can do if you're feeling anxious is put your hand on your heart and tell yourself you're okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay now. Because a lot of those things in your nervous system are from the past. Yeah. And when the nervous system is always out of dysfunction, doesn't that um, bring in illness, Barbara? 
yeah, it can. And I'm not, that's not my area of expertise, yeah. but the messages we give ourselves, right? We, we keep having these unrealistic expectations, like I'm not good enough. So what does that end up being? That ends up, that ends up being your inner critic. Right. And then, so you take those messages that were imprinted upon you for other people's opinions or probably projected from them, from their wounds. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then you, that becomes part of your inner critic and yep. you be, then you end up beating yourself up. Yeah. That's really tough. Okay. So we started with the breath, right? Our hand and our heart mm-hmm. and then start asking, what am I feeling? What do I need? Absolutely. And then that starts to calm us down and we can actually become present Right. And then we can, we can go, oh my gosh, I really went far out in the future with this anxiety over X, Y, Z that I, that I'm making up in my head. And most of the time, Barbara, none of the stuff ever comes true. Right. Absolutely. And that's the other thing I think is important to mention. So you see emotions as energy, right? We tend to push uncomfortable feelings away what does that do we we think we're going to fix it that way it doesn't fix it it intensifies it you need to make room for it like have the seat anxiety have a seat sadness have a seat confusion have a seat right just invite them all in they're there to teach you yeah but that could be very scary for some people barbara so use your curiosity. What is it that I'm afraid of, really? I think most people are afraid to see. <laughs> They're afraid to tap into those unmet needs, maybe. I don't know. Sure. But that un- those unmet needs create anxiety, anger, confusion, right? That's why we have to ask ourselves, how do I feel? What do I need? And then once we get that answer, what do we do next? Then you pay attention to what your needs are and you meet those needs. So it starts with, you know, are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? So are your basic needs being met? So women, especially, are taught to take care of everybody else Mm -hmm. first, right? And we put our name on the list, but it never comes to the top. Yeah. So, you know, some people call it, well, that's selfish. And I don't call it selfish. I call it self-nurturing. And that's how we go to self-renewal. Because when we put others' needs in front of us, and I'm not saying you do it all the time, but you got to come from a place where you're replenished. And then you can help, right? So if you're coming from an empty well, you're going to do something and you're going to feel resentful while you're doing it. And you're not going to say anything, but it's going to come across. Yeah. So how can we start doing, how can we, because I know women, we're always giving our energy away to everybody else to make the family work smoothly. And we're the last ones like, you know, out the door and we're all Mm -hmm. scattered. Mm -hmm. 
So what's the first step in that? What do we need to do? How, how do we start? Slow, sorry, slow down. Slow down? Slow down. And you can what try meditating. Meditating. Slow your breath, meditating, take a bath. Plan something during the week that's just for you. Have some yeah. me time, right? And because walking around with anxiety, depression, sadness, grief, very depleting, right? So if you're driving a car and your tank's on empty, how far are you going to get? Yeah, you're going to run out of gas. Literally, you're and you shut down. And then you're creating more problems on top of that. The more and you might you you might get ill because of that too. Yeah, that's what happens. You run on empty. What happens to a car? You run it on empty. Right, it shuts down, baby. We got to fill up. Yeah. So I always teach people how to fill up with them self love. Just bathing in yourself in an energetic bath too can really rejuvenate you. And being grounded, like every day, I always tell my listeners, every day I go outside and I say, I release any anxiety or fear that I may be carrying around, that I'm carrying around for me, or I'm carrying around somebody else's emotions and fears. Because we are energetic beings, so we are picking up everybody else's crap. And people don't realize that that's the number one step. I think that makes us go cuckoo because we're picking up the anxiety from other people. We're picking up the fear from other people. All the news. Oh, the news. Oh my gosh. Last night I tried to like turn on, on YouTube a little bit to see what Mr. Trump was up. And I went, Oh, I can't, I can feel the vibration coming off of it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't do this. I kind of love that you said that because we need to be mindful of what we feed our mind to. Right. Right. So if you start, if you can start very simply, right, treat yourself with kindness. There you go. There you go. Love the way you want to be loved. How about that, Barbara? Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of your needs. Yeah, you need to be loved, and you're like, well, I've been married to George for 20 years, and he still doesn't know what I like. Go get it yourself. That's right. Yeah, because you can fill up yourself with pills. You can fill up with what you need: self love, whatever it is. And good old George, sorry, George. <laughs> but that's that. So we we're kind of taught, right? You get married or, you know, your friend, everybody's supposed to take care of you. Everybody's supposed to take care of your needs. Right. What? Right. No, it is 100% true. We're always thinking because, and that's why you've got some of these people that are victims because they're blaming their moms and dads that they, my mom and dad didn't give me this. And my mom, yeah, you can do that song and dance your whole life, but I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. you're going to get stuck. And then you're going to blame your husband. You're going to blame your partner. And it's just this massive cycle that never ends. Right. And so this is, the, sorry, this is, this is why I say you can stop. You can stop and start coming from a place of kindness. 
everybody's right. on their own journey. Nobody knows what your journey is. Right. You need to be, hold yourself accountable. And forgiveness is always just for you. That's right. That's the key, I think, to everything is to um, no mistake is too big. And to go and actually forgive yourself because you're the only one who's beating yourself up. Nobody else is. And I think people get stuck in that. And it's a, it's a, it's like a trauma. I think it's a trauma, isn't it? Yeah. So it can be because what happens when say you're angry, what the mind does, it starts everything by association. So you'll, you'll say I'm angry. And then what will happen? Your mind will like come with all these examples of when you've been angry, right? Yeah. You'll get a flood of that. Right. So what you can do instead is I notice anger. Nice. It's not who you are. It's what you're noticing. And that, that makes sense because you can feel it. Right. So, okay. So you're angry. What can you do about it? Right. You can project that anger of somebody else, but what kind of relationship do you think that's going to create? Right. You can be angry at politicians. You could be, but what are you going to do with your own anger? I, well, that's what blows me away because I have a sister that gets angry at drivers and the drivers aren't even doing anything. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this unnecessary? It's an unmet need from when she was a child. There you go. Pissed off. And I, she always does like the boob stop on you and you're always like, oh, here we go. And then she's given the bird to everybody in the crosswalk and you're just like, what's your deal, dude? and races and then slams on the brake again and we do it all over again and it's like oh my gosh and she's the most loving being but this anger is coming out in the rage of driving a vehicle right what a trip <laughs> so so it's like an unmet need there, there's right. something that doesn't get expressed and our feelings help us kind of navigate, right? They help us navigate through the world with, with relationships. So that's why you got to hold yourself accountable. I'm angry. What am I going to do about it? Instead of projecting everybody else, because what's going to happen, you end up in a really unhealthy pattern. Right. And when they, that, when it's like you ask yourself that, how does it serve me anymore? Right. Maybe it really helped you in your life. But if you stop and get curious, it's like, is this serving me in any way I want it to? No, it's making your blood pressure come up. The anxiety is, and then you got to come down to calm down. I mean, it's a whole then, nasty, nasty but, cycle. And then you got to take pills to calm down your <laughs> drink. <laughs> right. Well, not whatever so, it is to self-medicate to, to get yourself right. under control because people really, what I've noticed, Barbara, people aren't going in and they're not, they're taking substance. And now that pot's legal, it's even bigger. I mean, I don't have anything against pot, but pot really is a huge substance um, intake for people with anxiety, 
with um, not dealing with their emotions, not dealing with the pain. It, it's pretty gnarly. I, I so, see it. So it's it's kind of, um, there's a couple of things I want to say about that. So when we try to numb the pain, you also numb the ability to feel joy. There you, can't you do go. One, you can't do one without the other. The other part I think is important to know is when anybody takes substance, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It shuts off your prefrontal cortex. So what does that matter? Well, if you notice somebody is drinking and they start acting strange, like they'll start saying things that hurt other people. They, oh, I was drunk. You have to forgive me. What? You're the one picking up the drink, right? But so when your prefrontal cortex is offline, you get irrational beliefs, you get triggered, you get full of anxiety, you get full of anger, right? All these, you have no control of your inhibitions. That's what happens. And that's what you're noticing. Because I have seen some mean drunks and they are scary, mm -hmm. like terrifying, scary. And they, they don't realize how scary they are. And then they, you're like, you said, they just brought, Oh, I was drunk. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But that's a big thing because when you have parents that are, get mean like that, those kids are getting mm -hmm. truly abused and traumatized. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so that creates more shame. It creates more disconnection because oh, when oh. people have been through a lot of abuse, they, the brain gets wired for disconnection because it's trying to protect you. So how would somebody that extreme when they, cause I think we've all seen, you know, uncle or whoever mm -hmm. uh, is the, is the angry drunk. How, how do you even help a person like that? I mean, because they have to help themselves. I mean, right. Right. They don't force to water, but if they don't want to drink, yeah. Well, it's like, this is where, like, when right. you go into rehab, you know how they do the interventions or whatever, and the person's like, mm -hmm. "Okay, I'll go for you," but they're not ready yeah. to heal. No, they got to go when they're ready, really. But what can you do is set boundaries because boundaries are about treating yourself with kindness, right? So you disassociate yourself with that person. Yeah. Yeah. Because you because gotta you, honor yourself and like, no, I don't feel good. And like you said, what am I feeling? Oh my gosh, I am feeling very uncomfortable. I'm being attacked here. You don't have to put yourself in your situation because it's all about you, truly. Yeah, truly, and you and, you and you can even say, I'll talk to you when you're sober. Yeah. Or even somebody's on the phone and they start yelling or swearing at you, you can say, Look, that's not okay. I'm hanging up now. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's just unacceptable. Um, so that's crazy. Let's go, let's talk about bipolar. Okay. How does, how, how does that happen? Well, <laughs> that, that can be, it can be hereditary, hereditary. Right? I think is everybody bipolar a little bit? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. You think I am? No. <laughs> I love you. Okay, go ahead. I, well, I just seems so fascinating. Just that word alone. What is, let's talk about that first. What does bipolar mean? 
disorder. Okay, there's there's sort of bipolar one and, and bipolar two. So bipolar one is a person who is depressed most of the time, right? Bipolar two is they get depressed, but they also have mania. So mania is kind of extreme behaviors, like extensive shopping, it, it like they're euphoric, euphoric. They can have trouble sleeping. They're sometimes um, their speech gets faster. Wow. It's yeah. It's usually something you can't control by yourself. You're going to need help with. So what happens to the brain? And are we born like this or is it a trauma or is it like you see the people on the side of the road that look like drug addicts mm-hmm. and they seem to be talking to somebody else? Is that an entity that's coming in and taking control or is that something that's happening in the brain or it could be both? Okay. Um, the wow, huh? Now. That's a loaded question. <laughs> Well, it's the chicken or the egg, right? So why why do people use substances? They use substances to self-medicate. Period. I, I um, bet you nine, nine times out of 10, a person has a mood disorder. Yeah. Okay. Right. So they need help. You can't you can't control that by yourself. You gotta go to a professional, you gotta go to a psychiatrist, you gotta go to your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So a mood disorder, what, what makes you have a mood disorder? Because we when all moody, especially women with their hormones get out of balance and their period's going to start. And you, you just, you, sometimes you just out of control, but it only lasts for a couple of days and then you're back to sweet old you again, <laughs> but well, it's, it's, family. It's, it's a mood disorder is, it's like you're in that mood more times than you're not. Right. So like you're depressed more times then you're not so so it's like um it's prevalent prevalent perversive okay what's that mean preserve perversive it means it's it's like most of the time okay you feel sad most of the time right and and most people you yeah you sometimes you get moody yep that's okay right i mean that's just that's part of being human right human (laughs) but let's talk about something else i think triggers right but what what does it mean when i say you're triggered do you know what that means well it's it's something that's happened to you in the past and when somebody like let's say for instance um like a like a divorced husband and wife right and then they have to go to their daughter's wedding and then they see the new husband the husband with the new wife and it's like oh my god he's with this beautiful girl and i i don't know what is a trigger you tell me <laughs> trying to understand the husband and wife analogy i don't know well, it just came into my head it's like that something happens and you get overreactive right and i i can't stand when people say i'm triggered i'm like oh boy okay <laughs> So when somebody gets overreactive, they're actually in the past. There's something in the past. Right. That something in the present kind of pulled them back to that, right? So you get overreactive. And that's when you get curious, like what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So 
when we're triggered, again, our prefrontal cortex goes offline. Okay. And we get, we get to a place of being irrational. Right. So how do we get the prefrontal cortex online? Good question. How? So it's extremely helpful to do something that takes a lot of attention. Or even writing writing down your feelings actually will reduce the intensity and power it has over you. Focusing on something, doing math, that will get your prefrontal cortex online. Yeah. <laughs> because what is the prefrontal cortex? What does it do? It helps us with reasoning, planning, judgment, organizational skills, rational thinking. That is that's brilliant because my husband is super brilliant and he like does super, super hard Sudoku like mm -hmm. every morning before. I mean, he does like six games and, 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 and it's crazy. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm like a master. Cause he can see the numbers pop out of the screen and rearrange. I, I can't even do the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> but it probably helps relax him. It does. That is his, like, he could sit there all darn day and do Sudoku puzzles. All... It's almost like his, it's like his personal medicine. It is. And, and I, I make fun of him and I'm like, oh, I'm just going <laughs> to leave him alone. But I, I'm going to tell you this, opposites do attract. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. we are like completely opposite. He's always like this. I can hear you in your room talking about violent fire, violent fire. <laughs> And that's the thing. We're not alone, right? We have guides. That's right. We we, we have angels watching all for us. We totally do. So, okay, let's go back to the um, frontal. Prefrontal cortex. Yes. Is there exercises we can use? And does this have anything to do with the third eye? Oh, I don't know about the third eye. I just know it will strengthen. Like meditation is great. That will strengthen the your connections it actually helps slow things down a little bit help you organize okay so when we concentrate when we're like writing that's a great way to um get, get your prefrontal cortex online yeah it, yeah so like so maybe, you do anything organizing planning executive functioning skills right which um planning a trip that's a great way to do it, right? Yeah. We're planning a talk, planning, <laughs> <laughs> planning a podcast, <laughs> organizing your cupboards, right? Some people right. love cleaning because yes. some people, when they clean, their thoughts get clearer. Oh my gosh. My friend, that's all she does is clean and organize. Like, I know she's just like, oh, I got to do another closet. I'm like, okay. Yeah, you can do yeah. my house, man. You can redo everything. Yeah, that's her. Well, her therapy. Right. Yeah, it's self soothing for her. It is self soothing. She absolutely loves it. Okay, so people that do that, well done to you. Play yes. this to do go right. Plan those trips. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. probably spreadsheets too. If you like to yeah. do spreadsheets, it's probably yeah. really good. And Reading. Reading, I was going to say that. Yeah. Oh, my. And listening, God. right? Listening. Oh, so listening. So that's what I have a little bit of an issue with. Let's talk about this. 
because <laughs> the people that are listening to the books on tape yeah every day all day long all the time for hours yeah don't you think there should be a break sometime and like I, what I'm seeing is that people aren't taking the time to just be with no noise. Ah. So can you have overload? I guess that's my question. Sure you can. Yeah. So so when you're working, take take time to go make a cup of tea if you work from home. Yeah. Right? Because what does that do? It puts you in the present moment. Right. You know, um, just noticing your breath like stepping away from your computer because you'll get computer fatigue if so you gotta that's just knowing yourself right are you an introvert are you an extrovert do you get energized by being around people or do you get depleted being around people mm. and some people some people are a mixture of both right? right i i have a hard time putting somebody this is you, right? You need to fit in this box. I don't think people fit in boxes. I think we're on our own journey and we have to figure out what's important to us. We do that by identifying what our values. If we're living by in alignment with our values, then we're in a place where we can grow and we can continue to become because you never stop growing. Right. I think that's the most beautiful thing. It's not about perfection. It's about expansion. Right. Right. So that's why like a limiting belief, I'm not good enough to write a book. So how is their limiting belief blocking you from what you want to do or create in your life? Yep. Because yeah. you're the only person who is your worst critic, right? Because that critical voice is like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're going to be setting that you marinate yourself in that and feelings like that are very constrictive you look at the energy of fear you look at the energy of confusion and anger it's very constricting isn't it notice yes. your body the energy yes. we want to expand baby right we want to so, up and out so with curiosity we can it goes back to i notice anger right because it's like we need to take a broader view yeah. Take a taking a broader view activates a different part of your brain. And it's like you can see yourself talking to me, sitting in that chair doing the podcast. Right. You can see you can see yourself doing that. Right. And that gives us some space. So when I'm gonna give you a simple exercise. So if you'll do it with me. Yes, I so, will. So your hand represents anger. <clears throat> So okay. put your hand over your face like this. Okay. And say, I am angry. I am angry. Then open your eyes and tell me what you see. I saw um black smoke. Yeah, but you just see your you just see your hand in front of your oh, face. Oh yeah. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. I can't see you. That's why it's hard for me. Oh, to okay. Okay. So pull your hand away from your face. Oh, away, I see it. Okay. Away more pull, pull your hand away from your face open your eyes and tell me what you see let's do the exercise again okay I, I couldn't see you because you were so far forward okay let's do it again. i'm far forward you want me to go back yes yeah, so i can see you there okay. okay so say this represents anger okay put this over your face okay this is anger now 
this is not a trick, trick question. Just open your eyes and tell me what you see. My hand. Right. Now pull your hand about a foot away from your face. Now open your eyes and tell me what you see. I see my hand. What else do you see? I see, I see, um, I see everything around my hand. There Except, you go. Huh? Excellent. Oh, good. I passed the test. <laughs> because it's like now you notice anger. See? Right. It's not fused with you. Right. Right. That's it, that's the difference. There we go. I get that exercise. That's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I love that. That's when we over-identify. Right. I'm angry and everybody's going to know about it. Why? People do it all the time, Barbara. Yeah. And they need to be big puffed up and let everybody know, you know, and then they look like, a, they look like morons. Well, you got to ask yourself, am I being kind? Is it true? And is it necessary? Ask yourself these questions before you open your mouth. Yeah. But most people don't do that. They don't have the time of day to, they won't do that. They just won't. So we are running out of time, Miss Barbara. So I would like you to give us any um, final thoughts of inspiration, how we can, um, and how we can uh, find you because I'm oh. telling you folks, she's amazing. As you've already know, she's brilliant. And what I love about her is she teaches you. So you're, so you're getting some great therapy, but you're being taught as well. So she's amazing. Go ahead, Barbara. So, uh, I have a website. It's, um, www three w's dot uh b d o a k l c s w dot com so it's b which is my first initial barbara and my last name is doak <laughs> like oak with oak with the d in front of it yoki doki there you go but um anything else you want to say believe in yourself because your light will shine brighter the more you're connected to yourself. And when you get connected to yourself, you're going to realize other people are just as important as you are. And when you shine bright, you allow other people to shine. Beautiful. So when you take care of yourself, you take care of other people. That's how to strengthen your relationships and help them be healthier. You don't have to live in fear. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Barbara. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this very informative um, podcast today. Barbara is um, absolute one of my good friends and she's helped me over the years. So um, check out her website and see what she can do for you. And I will see you next time. Everybody have a fabulous day. Thank you so much for tuning in to another empowering episode of Power Retrieval. Remember, your journey to reclaim your inner might is ongoing and every step you take matters. If you found today's episodes inspiring, be sure to subscribe so you never miss another episode. As we wrap up today's show, 
I encourage you to carry forward the wisdom you've gained and apply it in your daily life. You have the power within yourself to create a life full of love, happiness, and abundance. So be sure to stay connected with us on social media. I would love to hear your insights and your breakthroughs. Until next time, keep retrieving your power. Embrace the remarkable force that you are. This is Mary Armendaris signing off. Stay empowered.